Hey guys, welcome back to the Millionaire Marriage Podcast. This is Taylor Kovar with Jeremy Gilliam. And today I am super excited because we have some of our great friends, Eric and Jenny Robinson with us. Uh, when we were making a list of couples um, over the last few months of that, we wanted to interview the who had we thought had great marriages, who had a great story. You guys were the top of the list. Um, Eric is also one of the people who has listened to every one of our episodes, yep. or at least he says that, and I so have. he yep. has. Um, he always gives me notes like every Wednesday, it seems like. He'll text me like, hey, so Jeremy <laughs> carried that episode too. Um, I'm like, I know, I know he did, okay? It's Jeremy's show, I'm just here. Um, no, nah, I'm just kidding. But we are very excited about having you guys here. Um, Eric is the Senior Vice President of Operations for East Texas St. Luke's Hospital. Jenny is the CEO of the Robinson Household. Yes. And so um, we're going to get more into that. But let's start off, tell our listeners who you guys are. Tell us your love story. How'd you meet? All those fun details. Yeah, sure. First of all, thank you all so much for having us. I have listened to all the episodes. Uh, really appreciate and enjoy the content. And really, I, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm listening to an echo chamber because it's like, I agree with that. I agree with that. That's what we do. Yes. Yeah, so uh, really on board with uh, what you guys are doing here and yeah, thank you thank for you. well thank you for, for saying the podcast. That. Yeah. So we've gotten a lot out of it. I appreciate it. Um, so how we met, I want to start with that. We'll start from where we're from. So yeah. Eric grew up in Laurel, Mississippi. Right. I'm from Hammond, Louisiana. And we both um met in college at the University of Southern Mississippi in Hattiesburg, um, in nineteen ninety eight. So we um But Eric the first part of that story is kind of fun. So I was a sophomore when she was a freshman. I was in a fraternity um, and she had pledged a sorority. And so this was like just a random Tuesday afternoon. I'm out in front of the house with, you know, a couple of the guys and uh, one of the, I guess, older girls from the sororities bringing around all the freshmen for introductions and just a tour of fraternity row and all that kind of stuff. So they come walking up the front and I happened to be friends with the girl that was giving the tour. And so you know, they're just saying hello and introducing people. And I saw Jenny and I was not uh, the kind of guy in college that you would say had any game. Uh, <laughs> I was not very, was very handsome, <laughs> but I was not very, I guess, uh, confident in that realm or whatever. But anyway, Jenny uh, came up uh, to, to the front door uh, and I stepped out of my comfort zone to go over and just, you know, say hi to her, just talk to her a little bit. Um, then, you know, they were only there for like five minutes and they left the house and, you know, my best friend was standing there and as they were walking away, I looked at him, I said, I'm going to date that girl one day. And almost a year later, yeah, <laughs> the spring of that year, he called me up right before spring break and said, Hey, would you like to go to lunch? And we went to lunch and we hit it off really well. Conversation was easy. And that was that, like we yeah. dated for a year and it was Awesome. But, you know, when you're in college, you're still trying to figure out who you are, you know, not only who you are in Christ, but also who you are as a person and where are you going when you leave this place. We broke up, but remained good friends for the most part, kind of mm -hmm. kept in touch, but dated other people and also had that break to kind of grow individually. And then about three years later. Yeah, I was I had graduated, but I stuck around Hattiesburg for a year and worked. Um then I was going off to grad school. I was going to move to Birmingham. Uh, but I was on a little business trip one weekend with a friend of mine uh, just just a few weeks before I was bound to leave. And we just happened to have one of these, you know, just sort of deep philosophical conversations about our future and all this kind of stuff. And uh, I remember this moment of epiphany where, you know, we're talking about, you know, relationships and that kind of stuff. And I was like, it's Jenny. 
it's always been Jenny. Wow. Yeah. And so, then he had to come tell me. Yeah. <laughs> and it yeah. was kind of out of the blue, honestly. Was not expecting that conversation. At that point in my life, it was very close to graduation from college and she had other plans i had other plans and it was dating someone else and i was dating someone else and so <laughs> it was a lot all at one time to absorb and and then i realized where my heart truly was where it had always been yeah. and um so took a leap of faith and thought if this is god's will if this is gonna work out then i have to trust this process yeah and so talked to my parents. They helped <laughs> set yeah. me up in an apartment in Birmingham and said, we'll help you till you land on your feet and get a good job. And I did. And it worked out. And he proposed yeah. that March. And we got married and uh, a week, year and a half later. Yeah, week after I uh, graduated uh, from grad school, we got married. And then that was that. But as soon as I got back from that little trip that weekend, I called her up and you know, we met up and I remember we sat in the back of my pickup truck and I just went through the whole thing. Like, you know, I'm doing this and I want you to come with me. And so when we had broken up, I guess it kind of made her, you know, I guess her parents were a little upset with me early on. So we had that conversation. She was like, yes, let's do this. I guess she went upstairs and called her boyfriend and broke up with him. <laughs> but, um, did, did y'all ever break up? Yeah. Yeah. Break up, right? yeah. yeah. Okay. But, but I remember we, uh, we called her parents pretty, yeah. like pretty quick right away. Cause I was, like I was in, I'm like this is it. Yeah. And uh, I, I called her parents. Really, you know, I love and respect Jenny's dad, uh, but I was afraid of her mom. <laughs> so, so I had to uh, kind of go through that whole spill and get their buy-in. And you know, it's all been. My family's Italian, and they kind of are emotional at times. And so my mom mm -hmm. is very. I would say strong in that department. <laughs> so when yeah, he I had to, that, I had to win her over if I was going to get to take her to yeah. Birmingham with me. So wow. Yeah, it worked out. So it all worked out. We got married in 2004, and um, we had to move away. Well, this is one thing. Early on in your marriage, um, we moved 10 hours away from all of our family and friends, mm -hmm. and we started from scratch, literally. Wow. And um, that was a huge growth period early on in our marriage because, you know, anytime something wasn't perfect or you had a little disagreement, like there was no running away. Like you had to rely on each other all the time. And one of the things that we agreed on early on when we got married was we would, divorce was never an option. That when we said I do, it was in sickness and in health. Yeah. yeah. It was forever. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the only conversation we've ever had about divorce was the one that said it's not an option. And then, you know, and I think that kind of guided us early on. So we were not fighters. I feel like one of the things that makes our relationship so strong is that we can agree to disagree on some things and we're really good at compromising. And I think we're really good giving and taking. We're a good team. And I think we learned early on, like if this is going to last and this is going to be strong, we can't be hot headed about stuff. Yeah. Like we have to have that balance yeah. and we learned that early on. Yeah. And Planning the wedding. I, I, I remember very clearly this point, you know, you're picking out your China and your invitations and all this kind of stuff. And we were having a lot of disagreement. We about had that. too many opinions. <laughs> but, and I, I really went through this moment during our engagement. I was like, I don't know if I can do this or not. She doesn't, you know, value my input in that yeah. kind of, you know, and we went through that for like, you know, three or four days, I guess. Uh, and finally it dawned on me. I don't care what kind of China we have. And I don't really 
care what yeah. the invitation, you know, it doesn't really matter. But that was a that was a big turning point for me and something I think I've carried throughout our whole marriage is that we just don't fight about the small stuff. If yeah. it doesn't really matter, if it matters to her, but it doesn't really matter to me, it's not going to make a big difference, and we just kind of let it go. How old were you guys when you guys got married? I was 24. Eric was 25. Yes, yeah. You guys were like in your mid-20s. I think if young couples like that could have what you guys have. I can't tell you how many couples I work with. I'm just like, as you're talking, I'm like, I wish that more couples would be emotionally mature like you guys are. To have the ability to to agree to disagree. There are so many couples that just know one person's going to have to cave and give in so that my will yeah. could be done instead of us coming together and finding some type of compromise. Yeah. So that's pretty incredible. Yeah. Well, and you can see where couples manipulate each other. Absolutely. You see that all the time. That's not... I mean that we're just we're not like that. Yeah. And I think too, we're pretty laid back about stuff. So even if we see something that uh, I don't know about this, let's let's think on it. Let's pray about it instead of like jumping into making a decision yeah, about right. something. Because I think that's also another big thing where a lot of couples will have disagreements is they're not on the same page. Sure. Or they're unsure and they're like, uh, okay, let's do it. Yeah. But they're not a hundred percent sure. Yeah. I think when we make big decisions. It's not quickly. Yeah. I mean, it is like, let's just really sit on this, you know. Yeah. And we've learned that if we have some difference of opinion, like buying a house, for an example, and, you know, we have some different, we want to buy this one, we want to buy that one. If we don't agree on it, we've learned just to wait and the right thing will come along. Right. We don't have to really sway one side or the other. We've just sort of. Are patient in the yeah, process. You know, the, the answer will come and we'll both, you know, be on the same. Yeah, I love how I love how you put it. We're not fires. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, yeah. so many couples, it's just on fire all the time. The world right. is burning down around yeah. them. Their house is burning down. Everything's Every a crisis. Everything oh, yeah. is a crisis, yeah. right? Well, we didn't agree on what we're having for dinner, so we shouldn't even be together. Right. Yeah. Well, right. I, I really, Easy. really enjoyed the episode you guys did just a few weeks ago on the, you know, covenant versus contract. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think we, we bought into that, like, on the, on the very front end, when we came together, we're not two different people anymore. We are one, you know, and that requires both of us. You know, I don't even like to call it sacrifices, but you give and take. Yeah. It's a lot of give and take. And, you know, we're in, we're in it together. Making investments. But sacrifice is part of that too. I mean, uh, you, if you look at it from a standpoint of being a stay at home mom, you know, I could be out in the workforce working every day, but I decided early on, we both decided we wanted to have one parent at home with our children. And that was a big decision early on. Yeah. You know, I, we had our first son in 2007. So I was only 27 when we had our first child. And that seems like a baby now, but I'm <laughs> glad we started early. We'll have him out of the house by the time we're 50. But, um, you know, that was, that was a huge decision early on because I loved working. I loved my job. Um, and I didn't know what would it look like being a full-time stay-at-home mom? And I think a lot of moms too can get lost in that, but we have a really good support system. And we felt like if the Lord provides and we can make this work, we'll make it work. But that requires a lot of sacrifice. You know, it's a very selfless thing to want to do that and run everything around Mm -hmm. the house. Um, And I think also in that time when we were trying to figure that out, we realized too that um, I realized if I'm going to be at home all day, w- you know, with our children, that when Eric walks through the door, 
I want it to be easy for him. So I learned early on about routine and how important it was when he walks in the door. (laughs) I don't need to have like all the baby stuff, like all over the place, dinner not made, beds unmade. So I learned to be as effective as possible early in my morning. So like, and I'm still that way. I'm like knocking out that to-do list. And so that when Eric gets home, he's not stressed out. He walks in, dinner's done, baby's fed when they were little, you know, now it's totally different. But, um, that was never a demand. I want to be clear that I placed on her. That was, it was out of respect for him. Respect and love. It sounds like, yeah. And, that also, because when kids are little, I mean, you can be all over the place and the day will slip away. And I think laying that foundation early on in our marriage, it was like those stepping stones to make things more flawless later on in life and just make it easier on everybody. Yeah. I think whenever, you know, you were talking about there at the beginning, there was a sacrifice, right? Yeah. Um, but it was for the betterment of yeah. y'all's relationship. Megan and I, whenever we first got married, had a had a very big, nice house, much nicer than we ever thought we would ever own. That was our first house. But when we decided to have kids, we were like, hey, she, one of us needs to be home. And, and she wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. And we looked at the budget and was like, there's no way we can make this work with our budget. And so we downsized our house. We downsized vehicles. You know, we made a lot of sacrifices in order to make that priority work for us. We did too. And, yeah. and we know that, that, you know, right. when we hear people say, well, that's just not an option for us. Well, that, like what have you sacrificed, right? right. Are, are you sacrificing for the betterment of right. your marriage? And for us, it did a lot of good because we had to work together on what we were going to downsize, right? And what we were going to do and how we were going to spend money. And it really grew us closer together where we, we had to communicate. We had to go through, quote unquote, the fire um, to make yeah. what we have today. We use the word sacrifice because I just, you know, I guess there's, I can't think of a better word to use, but I don't really think about it so much as a yeah. sacrifice because then it denotes that you're, giving up something that you want more for something that you want less. And Mm, and really, you know, for us, we'd be sacrificing the family, right? I mean, it would be the other way around. Yeah. I I guess it is a trade, but I wouldn't consider it a sacrifice. Agreed. So I like what you guys are talking about when it comes to sacrifice. And this is something I use a lot in therapy. And then also my work with couples is it's pain on purpose. Cause obviously, I mean, when you have to downsize houses, or you're changing careers or ending careers, it's often uncomfortable, but it's not uncomfortable for no reason. Right. It's like going to the gym. If I'm going to go, and I don't do that, <laughs> and it's obvious. If I'm going to go to the gym and lift weights, I'm tearing my muscles so they get stronger. And I think when we like are doing sacrifice in marriage and or or making uncomfortable decisions, it's not pain for no purpose. It's pain on purpose to produce endurance, meaningful endurance. Sure. I think too, taking a step back and really looking at the financial part of it, because finances is huge in your marriage, of course, but early in our marriage, we, I mean, even before we had children, we were on a budget and we still are on a budget. I think it's very important that every dollar you make is allotted for. And when you talk about going from two people working to one person working so that one can stay home with the kids, we had to be on the same page and give up. I mean, Eric downsized a vehicle. Um, We didn't change houses. 
but we made sacrifices. We didn't go out to eat as much, you know, yeah. like yeah. we didn't shop as much. It was canceled all the newspaper the, subscription, changed all, our, you know, channel lineup or, you know, stuff like that. It was like all that. the excessive things that we didn't miss at all. It wasn't. And we still continue to tithe and we still continue to do all the things that we were called to do. And the Lord just continued to bless us because we were on that track. And I think that just kind of set us up for success years down the road as well. Yeah. When you're getting in return is greater than what you're giving up. It's really, it's not a sacrifice. Yeah. I love how you guys have continuously used throughout this entire conversation so far, Christian principles, you know, the Lord, we've kept in the center of our home and tithing and and everything that you've talked about, you know, and that's to me extremely important, right? In our relationship, we do the same thing. Like divorce is not a word we use in our home ever. You know, we do not talk, we do not say the D word, right? right? But a lot of things that make a happy, healthy marriage can all point back to the Bible, right? If you're keeping that relationship Absolutely. proper with you and, and, and God, it makes everything else so much easier. Absolutely. And so I, I want to get into some other parts of your stories, right? So you guys have three beautiful boys. What are a couple of your tips on how to, you know, showcase them or show them a happy marriage? Right? So often we talk about our family of origin on this, um, this show, and I stole that from um, Jeremy, but family of origin of how, you know, how you're raised affects how you're yeah. growing up. And so what I, are you guys doing to well, show I've, that to your boys? I've got a couple, um, and I'm, you may have the same ones, but we're, 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 we're always very affectionate with each other. We are intentionally affectionate in front of the children. We want them to see that, uh, you know, we have a strong marriage and that we not just like each other, but that we love each other. I think feel, children feel safe yeah. in that home. Uh, they don't have to wonder, you know, uh, what's going on at the household. They also have always seen that we always put each other first. Yeah. You know, yes. when Eric walks in the door, like I haven't seen him all day. I need him first. <laughs> like right. I, I need a hug. I need a kiss. I mean, and then Miles can get to him right. or whoever. <laughs> yeah. But I, it's all, we have always put each other first yeah. in in everything, and they have always seen that. And we're we're always united, at least in front of the children, on if there's any discipline that needs to take place, um, or you know those types of conversations that need to be had. We do not undermine each other. Uh, on that front in front of the children, we yeah. may, you know, have to go have a conversation or something yeah. like that to say, okay, we need to rethink that. But, and we also um, try to do it with them individually. So it's not in front of the other two children. So, I mean, sometimes if it's something that all three of them are doing, like has to be like, okay, this is changing now. Right. Oh, yeah. Then they're all in the living room. It's like living room meeting. All right. <laughs> but usually we pull them off to the side. So it's not in front of the brother so that one of the brothers could be making smirks or whatever, that they're getting in trouble. But also having that respect for them, like, let's deal with this. Let's talk about this. And we're really good at hearing them out, listening to their voice and respecting what they have to say. And then us coming in as the parents and saying, okay, we understand where you're coming from, but this is really what needs to be taking place. You know, this is what we feel like needs to happen. Yeah, we're big on integrity and accountability. Um, you know, you're responsible for how you react. I mean, someone else may have done something that upsets you, but how you react to that is yeah. on you. Um, Showing and, ownership, own yeah. up to it. If you do something wrong, you know, that's huge with yeah. integrity with us. Own up to it. Yeah. Don't deny it. Don't lie about it. <laughs> it us. is what it is. Yeah, yeah. you've done it. It is what it is. That's yeah. what I'm paying yeah. yeah. I say that all and, the time. You know, manners and respect and, you know, yeah. so we... I've met all three of your kids. They're amazing kids. I work out 
when I do work out <laughs> with your oldest, um, he works out more than me um, or more weight than I do. But, you know, no one has to know that. And so, um, but all right. So off air, we were talking about, you know, you guys, um, Eric, you've been with hospital systems all over the United States. Um, you know, you've moved multiple times with yeah. your careers. 2015 was a huge year in your relationship where, um, you know, Eric, you were talking about going through a hospital merger. Jenny, you got diagnosed with breast cancer. Kind of talk us through um, for our listeners who, you know, some of them maybe haven't went through really traumatic times in their marriage yet or in their relationship. And when, how you guys were able to work through it, because I love your relationship now. I mean, literally just a minute ago when you guys showed up, Eric didn't take his eyes off of Jenny for like three minutes. And I'm over there trying to shake his hand, talk to him. He's just glued in, infatuated yeah. in love. And so how did you yeah. guys and how have y'all worked through yeah. some of these really traumatic um, life experiences? Yeah. Well, I'll let Jenny tell her, her, part of that story. But, you know, what got us through it, I think, was everything that we just sort of agreed upon the the covenant that we had in our relationship before that ever happened. You know, there was a foundation there before we entered any of those types of trials that I think made us stronger and kept us together through all of it. And and while it was difficult, and I know I've heard, you know, a couple of folks cry on this podcast, you're probably going to catch a tear out of me before this is over, but it, it was a difficult time. But our relationship through that was not difficult because we had already cemented the fact that we were in it together no matter what. When we said in sickness and in health and richer and poor and all that throughout our vows, it was it was solid. It was solid. Yeah. I mean, you know. But anyway, yeah. I think that's important. We didn't become strong because of that. I think we already were, and that's what made us get through it. Yeah, and you were prepared for the storm. You were prepared before it ever came right, about. Yeah. yeah. Jenny, tell us about yeah. this. So 2015, I was 35 years old. Um, it was in May of 2015 that I was actually diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, and it was very sudden. I found a lump Mother's Day, May 10th. I remember all the dates. Um, but I found a lump in my left breast and immediately knew this should not be here something's wrong. You kind of hit the panic a little bit. And with Eric being at the hospital, he was able to get me all of the necessary appointments I needed quickly that week. So went in for a mammogram on Monday, immediately to ultrasound to see the results of the ultrasound and mammogram the biopsy, and then having a biopsy on Wednesday. And we knew wow. after having that ultrasound, they found all of these calcifications, which looks like these little stars almost in the tissue, all over the left breast. So we knew after that ultrasound, this was most likely cancer. And um, had the biopsy done, and then by that Friday of that week, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And it was also the same day as our middle son's kindergarten graduation. So we had family coming into town, and I had to put on my happy hat. And even though this was a sad day for me, I knew this is not going to steal my joy. I'm not going to let this shine through and ruin my middle son, William's little sweet day. And um, we didn't tell the children that day. We waited until that Sunday before our family went home. And we sat them all down in the living room. And we told them they were three, five, and seven. So they were little. And we explained to them that, you know, we found something. They told them what it was. We didn't lie about it. You know, we told them 
we were going to be very upfront from the very beginning. Eric and I felt like this is a struggle. It's not just for me to go through and Eric to go through, but we want our, our friends to know, our family, and we want our kids to know the truth. So they are not told other things from people on the outside. And we knew, you know, there were going to be surgeries and hospital stays and chemo. And we knew, uh, you know, he's going to lose her hair, you know, so we, we didn't want any of that to be a surprise for the kids. We didn't yeah. want them to be blindsided. And so we were very upfront and truthful and in very, you know, little kid terms, explain to them that we're going to have to have surgery and there would be medicine and the medicine would probably make mommy really tired and maybe lose my hair. And that was scary. That was very scary for them. It's scary for me, but it was very scary for them. So through that quickly, we knew the type of cancer I had um, was invasive ductal carcinoma. So we had started in the milk ducts and it had spread to the, the surrounding tissue along with the tumor. And um, it was comedo type 3, which is the fastest growing type of cancer. So we knew we had to act aggressively to have surgery. And so we decided, um, even though I, my right breast was fine, we decided let's go ahead and have a bilateral mastectomy done with reconstructive surgery all in one. It's eight-hour surgery. Because she was so young. She was 35. Uh, was 35. So we didn't want to chance it. Wanted everything to be as normal as possible. And we we found uh, Dr. Sullivan and Dr. Ordone out of New Orleans and um, immediately um, were on their books to have surgery on May 26th. So think about wow. how quickly Whoa. this is happening. Like two normally, weeks almost. Normally it takes like almost months to get in. And they had a cancellation. And we were like, yeah. that's a total God thing. And we recognized. Well, it was advancing rapidly. Rapidly. It was growing It had already quickly. traveled to my lymph nodes. So we knew lymph nodes were going to have to be removed. We just di didn't want it to travel anywhere else in the yeah. body. So we um, had that surgery scheduled. And we knew my first chemo treatment would start. June 22nd. So that's how quickly things were moving rapidly. And the doctor told me, he said, once you have that first chemo treatment, you have about two weeks before the hair will start coming out like in clumps. And so that was, um, that was hard because as a woman, you know, my hair was very long at the time and I had it cut shorter and I thought anything that will help lessen that will make it easier. So we had to prepare uh, to get a port put in for all the chemo treatment. So a surgery for that. We had to find wraps for my head. We had to get fitted for a wig, all these things. And Eric was such a trooper, like just was so, I don't even, I mean, just such a rock through all of that. And uh, we tried to make it fun and make the best of the situation. So we go through that and, um, start the chemo therapy. I had six months of chemo, lots of hiccups through all of that. Um, very hard uh, on the body, uh, hard on the kids. Um, but we had a really good network of friends and family who helped us because we never, we have never lived in the same town as our family. So we really have relied on babysitters and close friends and parents were coming in. My parents came in for every one of my chemo treatments in the beginning to help with the kids. And, um, you know, that was, it was just a hard, it was a hard yeah, time. It was a hard time. It's a hard time. And yeah. how long of a season was that? 
So it was long. <laughs> so yeah. I had six months of chemo, and then I had six weeks of radiation, and then I had 52 weekly treatments of the very last drug. So I started in June of 2015, and I finished all of my chemo treatment uh, right before Thanksgiving in 2016. Wow. So every Monday for 52 weeks is usually when I was scheduled. I would go in and have that one last drug uh, administered. And then it's like climbing a mountain. We love to hike, so, you know, we know it's hard. (laughs) But it's like climbing a mountain that you can't see the top. And then it's not until you actually get to the top and you can see the end of it. Because through all the treatments, through all that, I mean, there's all the blood work, all the pricking, all the scans. I mean, and because I had lymph nodes removed on my left side, everything has to be done out of my right arm. So it's just a constant, you're exhausted. Mentally, physically, emotionally is the most draining thing. But one thing I will say, together, we were strong. But one thing I knew in the very beginning, I had, um, every time we move somewhere, I'm like, Lord, wherever you lead us, we will go. And through this, it was a daily submission of, Lord, this is my life. And I can't do this alone. I don't want to do this alone. And you got you have to give me the strength to get through this. And my biggest thing was I did not want my joy to be taken. I'm a happy person. I love life. I love my family. You know, I'm very joyous. And I did not want cancer to steal my joy and it's a huge joy stealer and so having that perspective and realizing yes this is hard and I am going through something very difficult trying challenging but there's a reason I feel like there's a reason for everything and I may not know what that reason is but God is using me in this situation and I have to know that this is part of my story and this will be part of my story forever And it may be to help someone else down the road, which I have. It's amazing the amount of doors something like this opens in your life. And um, I think I had that perspective and that helped keep us level and not just sad. I wasn't sad. It was difficult and I was tired, but I wasn't sad. You know, where some people, it's a different story. Yeah. She says I was strong through it. I think a lot of that was a front because I was, I, I was never afraid that she was going to die. I don't think I ever really gave into that, but I just hated to see her have to go through it. Uh, I still have a hard time talking about it without getting choked up. But I mean, you just heard her talk. That's really how she handled it. It was it was a lot of grace and. I think too, just taking it. I I took it like one week at a time. I didn't look at, oh my gosh, the next six months. They, You would go in at the beginning of the week and they'd give you a calendar for the month. And I would just be like, all right, we're on week one. I have to have this these tests done, I have these appointments, these days for chemo and all this stuff. And so some people are like, I'm not a big goal setter, but people will be like, oh, what's your plan? My plan was to ring a bell at the end of yeah. this. Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. And that was... That was another sweet story because where the clinic where I was receiving chemo treatments did not have um, a bell. Well, and for folks that don't know, that's just kind of a tradition thing. Like when you finish chemo, you you ring a bell. And the last day I go in to have like my big treatment done, I sit down and there is a bell installed. And I'm like, there's a bell. And right before I finish my treat, Eric walks in with a huge bouquet. And I said, 
did you install that bell? I did. So he went out and bought the bell. He donated it to the little clinic and had that bell installed. And so I could ring that bell as a sign of I'm done. But even ringing that. I installed that, it myself the night before. Installed it himself. But even ringing that bell, I'll tell you, as good as it felt, you can't be super happy because you're still sitting in a room with other people who are still going through it. And yeah. there's not an end for them. You know what I mean? Like they will continue to have treatment. And so I, I always looked at that was, thank you, Lord. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for getting me through this time. But I never once took for granted any of that, yeah. you know? I think what I've, what I've heard from you guys, and it's, I think an, an incredibly powerful lesson is you, your marriage was strong before crisis came. Yes. Cause I think so many people, they wait until crisis comes to try to fix things or try to get the best marriage they can. It's like, it's like Noah building the ark. If your ark's not finished when the flood comes, you're going to drown. Right. And so I think that's, I think so, so incredible what I'm hearing from you guys. It's like, we already had a foundation of a healthy relationship before really challenging times came. And it's the fact that we had that developed already that carried us through the challenging time. Right. The earlier you can set those strong core foundations, I think before you even get married, I think it's important that you know who you are 100%, like who you are in Christ, that you have figured things out for yourself. You know what you want out of life you know what your calling is like you have that core foundation and once you have that figured out and you're in a relationship with someone else who's on that same level that's when you're compatible at a at a point where you know you can come together as one and join those foundations and grow from there you know and I think so that was one thing for us having that figured out getting married um, and then growing on that and carrying that through. And it changes. I mean, you know, you're constantly growing. You're changing as a person. You know, I'm not the same person I was when we got married at 24. I mean, 42 now, I feel like I'm a lot more laid back. I used to be more uptight about stuff. But, you know, I think growing and having different life experiences definitely humbles you. Going through cancer, something like that. I mean, that anything rocks your world. <laughs> I mean, that is, that was probably the largest yeah. challenge right. we've ever been through. When, when we got married, we didn't have, uh, we, we didn't go through any kind of real marriage counseling or anything like that. And so we got married, we moved to Florida was where we were first. And we talked about 10 hours away. We were there for about a year. And then we moved back to uh, Birmingham, Alabama again, uh, for, you know, I took a job there and we'd been married about a year. Uh, and we joined this young couples, uh, small group through the church that we started attending when we were there. And that was fantastic. I think that was a real godsend for us. Not that we were having any trouble in our marriage at that point, but it, I mean, it just fed Solidified. a lot into us. The, the couple that led it was, a you know, older wise, uh, you know, a couple of folks, but that's where we really learned. And you guys have talked about it here too. Um, you know, Christ first, then spouse, then children, then others, then self. And when you see families, uh, that struggle with anything, you can always kind of dissect it and figure out, you know, it's they've got, alignment. they've got yeah. something yeah. out of alignment. And so we've, I mean, we've just taken that through our, our entire marriage. I mean, and so when Cantra came, it was Christ first and it was each other, you know, the kids were small. They're a little bit more needy at that point, but still it was, yeah. you know, she and I going through that together. She wasn't alone. Um, 
she was much stronger, I think, than I was through all of it, as you can hear. She tries to talk about it, and I try to talk about it. But <laughs> I think, too, you know, there's there are, of course, weak times through that. I didn't see any other option besides being strong through that. I yeah. didn't see it as anything. I didn't see it as an easy task. Like, I just felt like if I'm not strong, I don't, I don't want to be weak. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Besides being tired. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, we talk about it a lot um, you know, in our firm and on the show of when you get married and when you're starting on this journey, what are you, what are you trying to accomplish? You know, what, what's the purpose of getting married? What's the purpose of working? What are you really trying to accomplish? And as you mentioned, you know, we already knew where we were going to go. Like we, we knew this was where we were heading. And so even though cancer was a detour, right. Or, or job move was a detour. And, you know, there may have been, um, you know, hills and valleys on this journey. You know, that as a couple, you are working toward this amazing marriage. What do you, you have an amazing marriage, right? I was already impressed with you guys prior to this conversation. Now I'm even more blown away, but you know that it's y'all two for life and you want to make the very best of it. And I will say, you know, one of the things that makes our marriage so strong is we do, we're really good at taking timeouts. You know, we're really good about making time for each other, whether that's when Eric walks in the door, whether that's date night. We try to have a date night once mm-hmm. or every other week or so. Um, depending on the kids' schedules. But we also make time for us to go away without our kids, you know, once or twice a year and do something challenging. Even if it's just a weekend, yeah, just the two of us. You know, this past August we did, we hiked a 14er, which is like a really big challenge. And we like doing that. And we like doing those kind of things with our kids because it's showing them like you can do hard things. Yes, climbing a really tall mountain is hard, but let's do this. And they have never once gotten to the top and regretted it. And I I think that's also when they're young, instilling in them like, okay, life is a climb. Life is a journey. And in order to get to this destination, you've got to put in the time. You've got to put in the work. You know, it's part of it. And so I think we've also have led our family in that way. And they have seen that mom and dad do different things like Eric went skydiving the other week. I mean, that's way out of his normal element, but the kids look at that and now our youngest is like, I want to try that. (laughs) So I think also exposing them to new adventures, you know, having them, um, I think it makes them more adaptable as a person, especially as we've moved around a lot. Um, they've been in a lot of different schools and that takes, I think that takes a, um, you know, after years of doing that, it makes them more adaptable, but also helps them reach out and make friends quicker too. So I always look at that as a blessing as well. Yeah, you covered a lot there, but I agree with all of Sorry, that. Sorry, no, no, I think I was kept thinking you were talking about you know that you want to show them that you know life can be a mountain, and life's not always easy, but it's worth it. Um, and getting it's worth, to the top is worth it. Getting to the top is yeah. worth it, and and marriage is hard, you know, and it can be very hard. But getting to the top is worth it, and working through those problems together is worth it. And setting, you know, aside date night is worth it. Um, you know, so often we do with young couples are like, well, you know, it's my baby. I don't want them going anywhere. Well, yeah, but you've got to have time for you and your spouse because yeah. um, it's it's going to be worth it. And so I think it's a great way for us to kind of wrap up. I have just been um, blown away Absolutely. by you guys. Um, I was telling our team about y'all, and they were like. 
well, Eric, yeah, well, we've we seen him in Jenny, you know, at chamber events and everything. I'm like, no, like, there is a lot to these people. I'm telling you, they have an awesome marriage, and I am just thrilled to know you guys. Um, I'm excited to watch your journey as you guys continue to grow and your marriage grows. Um, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Yeah, it was a blessing. Thank you so much. <laughs>